Right. Good morning, church. How many of you guys are Mercy Me fans? I love that song, right? It's not good news. It's the best news ever. And that is what we are talking about today. Hey, I get the opportunity to preach, and I got good news for you, and I got bad news for you. Which one do you guys want to hear first? Bad news is the right answer. Did any sicko say good news first? That is just wrong, all right? Like, if any of you guys are like, I want to hear good news first, then bad news, do you also eat your cake and then your broccoli for desserts? Because it's the same equivalent, okay? If you're a good news first and bad, I'm praying for you, all right? Bad news first, and then get your chocolate cake. The good news comes after, right, to dull the sting of the bad news, okay? So I got good news for you all, but first, let me share some bad news with you. This whole sermon series so far, am I right? Have you guys been here the last few weeks? This sermon series has really been like bad news up until this point, hasn't it? We started this three weeks ago, a sermon series called Three Circles, which by the way, if you're doing the math right now and you're like, how are we doing a sermon series called Three Circles, but it's six weeks long? It's science, okay? Just don't worry about it. That's how math works for Baptists, okay? So we're doing this sermon series, six weeks long, called Three Circles. In the last few weeks, Pastor Bill has been walking us through this diagram, which, by the way, the reason we're illustrating this, and he's going to hit on this in the next few weeks, you're going you're gonna to be challenged to really take this simple presentation of the gospel and use it in your everyday life. It's a tool for you to be able to share the good news, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, with others, okay? But the last three weeks, this sermon series has been basically bad news, right? Because we started with God's design, which, which is good. In fact, the Bible tells us that, right? We look in Genesis chapter 1, and it says in verse 31 that God looked at all that he had created. He looked at the stars and the moon and the sun and the sky and the, and the, and the, the birds of the field and the fish of the air and the, the animals and the people and the... Hold on. Ostrich, bird of the field, flying fish. Fish of the air. Boom. Nailed it. All right. Let's close in prayer. Just kidding. All right. You know what I'm saying, though? Animals, creatures, rocks, geodes, you break them open. Crystals. It's amazing, okay? He looked at all that he had made, and what did he say? Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God looked at all he made, and he said it was good. God's the original. It's all good, right? He's that guy, okay? He coined the phrase because all creation was good by God's design, but it quickly Went south, didn't it, all right? Because you had this thing enter the picture, okay, and wreck God's design, that thing called sin, okay? And we talked about this. We talked about how sin is the disease that infects humanity, okay? We looked at Romans 3.23 and some other scriptures that talked about how, how all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, okay? We see and we understand that sin is the bad things that we do, but it's also the broken things that we are, okay? And by the way, that's what we talked about last week, how God's design was wrecked by sin and now the default condition of not just humanity, but all creation. We see in Romans 8, that all of creation groans, okay? We see that all of creation is broken by this thing called sin. So it's like bad news, worst news, worstest news of all, okay? Just terrible, terrible news the last three weeks as we have learned how badly things are for us. We've learned about this great dilemma that we all find ourselves in called sin and brokenness, and that brings us to today and the fact that we have good news. And by the way, the good news is that there is good news, all right? The good news is that there is good news. What's that church thing we say if you agree with what I just said? Amen, right? The good news is that there is good news because if the whole story was this, 
that would be cause for alarm. But the truth of our faith, the message of Christianity, is that there is good news. The good news is that there is good news, and we even have a special word for good news, right? And that word is this one right here. What is it? Gospel, okay? We use the word gospel to talk about the good news, the message of Christianity, the message of Christ, okay? And in fact, if you look at the word gospel, it it translates literally, you know, from the original Greek word to good news, Well. To be fair, literally it translates as glad tidings, but no one really says that. It's not like, yo, man, I got some glad tidings to tell you. To no, Like that would, he'd be like, all right, weirdo. Okay, no one says that. So we say good news. We translate the word gospel. We use the, the phrase good news uh, uh, to, to talk about this message of Christianity. Good news, not just good news, by the way. Seriously, the best news ever. Because here's the thing. There's a problem, all right? There is a dilemma, God's perfect design, wrecked by sin, resulting in the current state of affairs, which is brokenness. And we have to understand the dilemma, okay? We can't just stick our heads in the sand and pretend like nothing is wrong in the world. You know why? Because Twitter, okay? I'm on the, is this, is this new website, okay? It's called the Twitter. Have you guys checked it out? Are you on the Facebook? Are you on that at all, too? How about the interwebs in general? Is anyone on the internet? Isn't the internet the perfect example of how messed up the world is, right? Like, every time I log on to my social media feeds, like, I see some good stuff, yeah, but I also see a lot of bad stuff in the world around us. Anybody still watching the news these days? All right? It seems like every day something horrible is happening in the world around us, doesn't it? And we look at it, and we see evidence, not just in, in, in the news and, and on social media and stuff like that, but in our own lives. You know this to be true, right? That something is wrong with the world around us. Something is messed up. Something is broken. We I think we could affirm that today, that we know there's something wrong with the world. But the reality is we got to look in the mirror, too. we got to understand that there's not just something wrong with the world. There's something wrong with the people in the world of which you are one and and I am one, okay? It's not just that there's something wrong with everything around us. There's also something wrong with, with what's inside of us, right? The brokenness is not just seen on the outside. The brokenness is felt on the inside as well. If you're anything like me, again, that's not a hard thing to affirm. Because I get it. I see the messed up world around me, but I also know how messed up this and this can be sometimes as well, okay? And the truth is we cannot deny it. We can't just stick our heads in the sand and pretend that everything is okay because it's not. There is a problem. But like I said, that brings us to today and good news because today we're going to move towards the solution to the problem, to the dilemma of sin and brokenness, okay? And like I said before, the good news is that there is good news. The good news is that we have a gospel. We have a message that overcomes and and gives us a way out of all the technical things that I've never used an iPad before. What is this? There we go. Okay. There is a gospel. There is good news that gets us out. Pastor Bill, three weeks in a row, no problems with it. I touch it once. Breaks. Okay. That's how things work. You know why? Sin. Brokenness. Nailed it. All right. Realizing there's a problem, you guys, is only the first part of this journey that we're on. The solution is the good news. The good news is that there is good news. The good news that we believe in is called the gospel. But I want to tell you this. There are lots of people in the world who have lots of ideas about lots of different ways and solutions to this great problem of sin and brokenness and divine disconnect that we all experience, okay? Lots of people, religions, spiritual practices, and worldviews claim to have good news, all right, they claim to have a way, but Christianity offers a unique solution. It's unlike anything else, any other religion, 
spiritual worldview or philosophy has to offer, okay? We don't have a way. We have the way. We have unique good news in the pantheon of world religions and spiritualities, okay? Nothing offers the unique solution that Christianity offers. Nothing makes a claim like Jesus does, all right? And I want to illustrate it for you this morning. And to do that, I'm going to step down here. And this is a ladder. That's the wrong time to do that. <laughs> this is a ladder. And how many of y'all thought that some, oh, man, somebody left that out accidentally. Someone's going to get hurt on that thing. Someone still might. Just hold on to that. Get your phones ready. Hickory Grove's about to go viral here in a minute, you know, unless things go right, which I pray that they do. But listen, this is a ladder, okay? Here's what I think might be helpful for us to understand. Every religion, every mystical practice, every spiritual worldview, every philosophy outside of Christianity essentially teaches one core truth, okay? One core truth taught by every world religion, mystical practice, spiritual worldview, or philosophy. That God, or enlightenment, or heaven, or nirvana, or whatever you want to call it, the good, is at the top of this ladder, okay? And we, in our default human state, are down here, okay? We're on the floor, all right? And humans desire to get to the good, don't we? I mean, I, I really believe, you know, that every human has this longing. We, we understand the disconnect. We understand the brokenness. We want more than what this world has to offer, than, what, than what's just available in the, in the way that we see the world around us, okay? We want more. And every religion, every worldview, outside of Christianity, I think inherently teaches this, that there's good, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it heaven, whether you want to call it enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, it's up there, and we're down here. And we have to do something to get up this ladder to the good, to God, Okay? And we can do this through our own effort. Now, some religions' worldviews teach that it's through outward effort, okay? It's through obedience to a certain set of rules or laws. For example, the Ten Commandments, okay? If you just obey and follow the Ten Commandments, if you do the good things that this rule set commands us to do, then you can climb the ladder, okay? You can get to the good. You can get to God, all right? Or, or some religions or worldviews teach that it's adherence to certain, you know, uh, uh, rules, a rule set of regulations, adherence to pillars, like, you know, praying five times a day facing a certain direction, okay? Or, or making a pilgrimage or, or giving to the poor, or just living a generous life, you know? Either way, it's this outward effort that we make. And, and if you didn't pick up on it, you know, examples of world religions that teach that this outward effort can help us ascend the ladder are things like Judaism and, and Islam, okay? They teach inherently the same thing, that it's our outward effort or works that will help us climb the ladder to get to the good, to get to God. But do you know what the problem is? No matter how much good you do and how good you feel about the good that you do, you just simply cannot do enough to get to God, to get to the good, okay? Because you just, there's, there's no way, like, the, the, if there is a God who is good and goodness comes from him, he's by himself the definition of goodness and, and, and generosity and things like that, you can't, by imitating that, get on his level. We'll come back to that in just a second, okay? But some religions, some worldviews teach this, that, that it's through it's inward really effort like and inward work that you can climb the ladder and get to the good, get to God, okay? Things like meditation, Reflection, prayer, metaphysical transformation, okay? 
etc., etc. Things, religions and worldviews like Hinduism, Buddhism, Eastern religions and mystical practices, New Age philosophies teach that it's an inner work that you have to do, and doing that work on the inside is what's going to help you climb the ladder. Okay, so if you pray enough, or if you meditate enough, or if you're reflective enough, if you do enough work on the inside, you can climb the ladder and get to the good. But the problem is this. No matter how much work you do on the inside, you cannot get, again, on the level of a God who is holy in righteousness by his inherent nature, okay? And the reason you can't do enough external work or internal work to get up the ladder and get to God is because of this. And this is, I'm really oversimplifying here, but I think this will help you understand it, okay? That if you could get on God's level through your good works or through your good work on the inside, if you could get on his level, if you could be on level ground with him, guess what he's not anymore? God. Because if we can get on his level, then he ceases to be who he is. Every good work you do, whether it's external or internal, it might help you feel better about yourself. It might help you ascend a few steps above the rest of these guys down here. But you will realize the more you put your stock in external works or internal work, that the further away you are from the true good, which is God himself, okay? I believe that you simply cannot do enough to climb the ladder. No matter how much good you do, you can't climb high enough to get on his level. No matter how good you are on the inside, you can't climb high enough to be holy like he is. And every other religion, worldview, or practice, I truly believe, falls short. Because the truth is that finite cannot approach infinite. Mundane cannot reach divine. And sinful, broken mankind cannot get to God. We tried once. You can read about it in Genesis. It did not end well. So here we are, and there he is, and it seems hopeless. What can we do to get to him? Is there truly nothing we could do to get to him? I don't believe that there is. But what if, and here's where I'm going to make some of you all nervous, phones are out. They're ready. What if God on high, the Almighty, looked down at sinful, broken, fallen creation? What if he looked at you and said, I love her too much. I love him too much to leave them in that. But there's no way that they're getting up here to me. They already ruined that. They wrecked that. We used to walk together. They used to be with me. But that design got wrecked. And it seems like as time goes on, they get further and further away from me. But what if God, on high, purposed in his heart to make a way? What if a loving merciful and gracious God looked at sinful, messed up, broken, full of mistakes and regret and sin humanity and said, 
They cannot come to me, but I will make a way, and I will go to them. And a loving, caring, merciful God sent his son, who stepped down from heaven to earth, became one of us in order to save all of us. Jesus Christ stepped down, descended, condescended to our level to make a way for us. Because there's no way you're getting to him. He comes to you. And you know what that is? That's not just good news. That is the best news ever. Not that we can ascend to God, but that he descended to us. Romans chapter 5 says it like this. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Listen to me. It's not about what we can do to get to God. It's about everything he's done to get to us. He was born. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died a vicarious death on the cross for us, but then he rose again from the grave. He's done the work. It is finished, and all that's left for us to do is believe and receive the free gift of salvation, divine reconnection that he offers. But you know what's crazy? Even though he is here on our level, making a way for us to know him, still we, with the opportunity to say yes to him, turn our backs and sometimes even run away from him. It's insane that the God who made a way would find himself face to face with humanity that would turn their back on him. After he poured out his reckless love for us, there are men and women who still say no to him. And that's a tragedy. And by the way, there, there's another like, word that we sum up all of this with. This this idea that, that all we have to do is I mean, believe and receive, but, but we've got our backs turned to him. We're running from him. He's here. He's made a way. He's available to us. But we have our back turned to him. We're running. There's a word for this where we stop and we turn to accept the free gift that he's offered. And, and that word is repentance, but I'm going to put a pin in that because next week Pastor Matt's going to talk so much more about this word repentance, Okay. But it's crazy to me that anyone would not believe and receive this good news that God has made a way for them. I mean, I get it if you say I don't believe, but like, don't you want it to be true? Don't you want to not have to climb the ladder of good works and good deeds and obeying rules and laws and commands and meditation and whatever you have to do? Wouldn't you rather God step down to us and offer us salvation freely. I get it if you don't believe it, but don't you kind of want it to be true? What a tragedy. 
that there's good news, a free gift for the taking, and people still turn and walk away from it. And that brings us to our response today. And I've got a couple next steps for you guys because there's really two things we need to do in order to respond to this today. And there we go again. Okay. There's two next steps before us this morning in light of this good news that we've heard. Okay. The first is this. The first is to believe the good news. Okay. Maybe for the first time. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, whatever it is, it's finally clicked for you. Okay. You're like, I get it. Now I get it. It's not about me being better. It's not about me doing good. It's not about me following rules. It's about him doing the work for me and offering it as a free gift. And all I have to do is accept it. All I have to do is say yes to Jesus. Man, if that's you today, I'm going to pray for you in just a second. And I pray today in faith you would stop running. You would stop turning your back towards your creator and you would turn and in faith say yes Yes, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this on my own. Thank you for coming down from heaven to earth for me, and now I believe, and now I receive, and I take my next step, which is my first step of faith in you. If that's you today, I'm going to pray for you in just a second, and I pray you'd have the courage and the boldness to pray with me and take that step today. But probably for most of us in this room who've already said yes to Jesus, we find ourselves here with a number two, that we need to share the good news. We need to realize that, man, God has called every single one of us in some way, shape, or form to share the good news with our family, our friends, our coworkers, our classmates, our teammates, whoever God has put into our path. Now listen, like we get really excited about good news sometimes, don't we? Some of y'all try a new restaurant and you are like, dude, that cheeseburger was the bomb. All you can eat steak fries. Some of you all are evangelists for like Red Robin, all right? Yum, you know, like you're like, you're all up on social media, like, hmm, you know, like you're like, you're just like, I feel like you're like that burger and a church choir comes out like, like you're, you're so excited. And we do, we get excited about restaurants and movies and, and like, like earthly things, right? We get so excited for those. And then we have the son of God who made a way for us to overcome our brokenness and our sin and spend eternity with God in heaven. And we're more excited about the dang, the dang cheeseburger than we are about Jesus. And it's just wrong. I'm sorry I said dang, okay? Is that is like my Christian cussing up here? I'm sorry, all right? I'm just getting really pumped up because we do. We get so much more excited. And if you think, oh, that's easy for you to say up there, I do it too, all right? A thousand opportunities every day to tell somebody about Jesus. And there are times where I'm like, I do because it's my job and I'm supposed to. Not because that day I'm rejoicing in the good news of what God has done for me. Man, and that's where I need to say, God, give me that raw passion and excitement again. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Help me tell people who don't know you about you. That's probably where a lot of you are today. And we need to pray and we need to ask God to reignite a fire in us. To go and to tell and to share with a waiting and watching world the good news. No, the best news ever of what God has done for us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and we're going to do this differently this morning because I don't want to over-spiritualize. I don't want to emotionally manipulate. I don't want to do anything. We're going to skip the closing song. We planned this, by the way. We're just going to pray and have a moment quiet. Because how rare is that, right? And here's what I want you to pray. 
If you're number one and you need to believe the good news today, I want you to honestly just get alone with God and tell him, tell him I need you. I need you. Save me. Help me to believe. I want to believe. God, help me believe. And if you're number two, I want you in this quiet moment to ask God for a name of a person you will see this very week and pray that he will give you the boldness and the confidence and the faith to share good news with that person in whatever way, shape, or form that takes in your life. So right now, let's have a moment, every head bowed, every eye closed. And right now, as best as you can, get alone with God. Talk to him right now and ask, God, do I need to take my first step of faith with you? Give me the faith to believe. God, do I need to take my next step with you to share this good news? Give me a name. You ask God that right now. We're still bowed. Our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. If you're here today and you're number one, you need to say yes to Jesus. You need to believe the good news for the very first time. All I want you to do is this. Just let me know how I can pray for you. If you're here today and you want to take your first step of faith to believe the good news in Jesus for the very first time, would you just quickly raise your hand up in the air and let me see that that's you today. If you're here in this place and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, would you raise your hand right now? No one's looking around, just me. Let me know that I can pray for you and be praying for you. I see that. I see you. Thank you. Anyone else? First step of faith today to say, yes, I believe this good news. For everyone else, if you are willing this week, and you want me to pray for you to have boldness and courage, to share good news with just one person, maybe more, but even just one person in your life, and you want me to pray for you for that this week, would you quickly raise your hand in the air? Awesome. I see you all. We can put it right back down. God, our Father, I pray first for this one who said they want to put their faith and their trust in you to take that first step of faith. Help them to pray this prayer. God, I need you. God, I know I can't do this on my own. I cry out to you, Jesus. Save me. Make me new. Give me new life in you and you alone today, Jesus. God, I pray for everyone else in this room that you would give us boldness, courage, conviction, and the faith to believe that you are who you say you are and help us be excited about that this week. Help us to go from this place proclaiming what you have done in us and now tell good news through us as we go. We love you. I pray next week we could see and share many stories of how you've worked in us and through us this week. And I pray this all in the good, good name of Jesus. And all God's people enthusiastically said, amen. And that is it, guys. Have a great rest of your day. You are dismissed.